to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech. I'm Jude Jennison, the host of this podcast, and I'm the founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I work with senior leadership teams to help them align through behavioural change. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the intersection between technology, humanity and leadership and looking at how we use technology to be more human and increase emotional connection and enhance the way that we live and work. I'll be interviewing leaders from technology businesses who are at the forefront of changing how we live and work. You will not want to miss this. Some of the conversations have been enlightening and inspiring and I hope you enjoy them as much as I have done. Alex Arundel is the Chief People Officer for Advanced. She explains how at Advanced they're interested in hiring people based on their behaviour and encourages people to consider a role in the technology industry because ultimately it's about working with people. Alex believes that technology is an enabler for humanity and the emotional connection of human beings is the driving force behind developing both technology and the culture that sits behind it. Have a listen. Hi Alex, thanks for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for for having me here. Can you tell us who you are and what you do, please? Sure. So uh, my title is Chief People Officer and I work for Advanced. And Advanced uh, are really producers of software and services for a whole host of different markets health and care, legal, education, finance, HR, it kind of goes on and on. And um, our premises, we make the complex simple. So technology and and the the world of technology can be complex and kind of overwhelming at times. And our wish is to make that a far more simpler journey for for all the, the users out there in their different guises. So that's what we do. And I think that's just so it's so interesting and important, isn't it? In that I I can often find technology overwhelming because it is so complex and and there is so much of it. And sometimes it's a bit like a minefield knowing knowing where to start. So how do you how do you help clients when they don't know where to start? Well, uh, as a chief people officer, I guess my role is not directly with those clients, but in terms of with our um, our employees who are also you know, going through the same journey as all of our clients, I think the first thing I say to people is forget the technology word in this, because I think it's, it is overwhelming. It scares people. It makes people think that they've got to be some sort of master of computers and technology and able to code. And that couldn't be farther than the tr- farther from the truth for, the, quite frankly, the vast majority of roles in tech. So for me, it's about you know, behaviours and skills. And at Advance, we are um, you know, very big into don't worry about, you know, kind of what you know or what you don't know. If you've got the behaviours to learn, we can help you take you on that journey. So we can teach. We can teach skills. Um, it's just hard to teach behaviours. So. I very much try to, in a way, remove the word technology from those types of conversations. And when we're hiring into roles into our tech world is to, in a way, dampen down, I say, the use of that word and far more focus on the behaviours and the the kind of critical and curious thinking that, quite frankly, is more interesting um, and far more interesting to ask people questions about in interviews Mm -hmm. than it is to focus on the, the technology skills 
And I think there's, you know, a lot of um, younger people coming into the workforce now are probably far more, I guess, au fait and, and relaxed, relaxed with technology, I think, in my experience. But we want to make sure that everybody who is you know, coming into the, the community of tech um, feels relaxed and feels that they will have a place and that they can find their place and their home in that. And they don't need to be you know, overawed with thinking about tech. I can't quite frankly believe that I have really always worked in a tech industry, but that means very little to me because I work with people. Yeah. So the, the tech is the, the, not the bit on the side, but that's, you know, that's just the, that's just what we do, but we do it through the people. And so I do have a different take on, um, I guess, technology industry. And I'm very, very <laughs> aggressive about helping people to just relax uh, and I say not get too carried away and concerned about what that you know big word technology really means because it can be scary. Yeah and it's interesting because I I worked for IBM that's how I began my career in the in the 1990s and um, I was recruited in for behavior because I had I, you know I was a young 23 year old full of enthusiasm and and energy and um, no enthusiasm for tech but just enthusiasm for business and somebody recruited me on that basis and and yet in the early days of my career most of the people around me said you'll never have a career you've got a French degree you don't know anything about technology <laughs> um, and and also you'll never have a career because you're a woman which of course would, would be said in the 1990s and, and wouldn't be said today um, thankfully although although it probably happens um, unconsciously today still but I'm, I'm sure it does and actually it's a really interesting point that you mentioned about you know uh, you know you know what degree did you come from so um once again I, I will obviously touch upon a lot about advanced and, and how we do things but at our hearts we believe in potential of people so um we are it sounds terrible because we all work so hard for our degrees but then um, a company like Advance, we go, we don't really care about that. We actually care about what you can do for the future. And a lot of people have been really disadvantaged in their opportunities, you know, growing up and wh- whether they were able to g- go to university and fund that or not. And so if we only were to consider people who have, you know, a computer science degree, then we would be really shortchanging, quite frankly, the incredible talent that's out there. Uh, and of course, this year, you know, diversity being so much you know, far more on the right platform for you know interesting and uncomfortable discussions. You know, we wouldn't be able to kind of enable that platform if we were just looking at oh, who's got a computer science degree? Because actually, you know, the, the talent that we bring into our business is so exciting. It's people returning. Um, to the workplace after perhaps you know having time out having children having never got uh, degrees having to come from you know coming from totally different types of job backgrounds Um, and that's what's so exciting at places like Advance and obviously other companies who um, follow a a similar pattern but um, that's what's so interesting is that diversity of, of thought and ideas and curiosity to consider tech in different ways. So our best product people are people who really, you know, look at things with an entirely different lens. And I find them incredible how they innovate and look to the future and predict how we will use things and then seek to start building those, you know, those incredible um, software enablers now. 
I mean, I find that amazing, but that doesn't come necessarily from tech. It comes from thought. It comes from ideas. It comes from watching how people live and work. Uh, and that's more, you know, that's more useful, quite frankly, for building innovative tech. And, well, so, you know, we, we, we have to keep, <laughs> we have to keep on that journey of, uh, yeah, of just not being so, I guess, so dull in looking at, you know, what someone has done. Well, and I think where, where that where that takes me is that that actually at the heart of technology is is sociology is how do how do people live and work and how do we want to live and work and and how do we use technology to underpin what we do? Because I think mm. historically people have seen technology as as a as a sector of, uh, it, you know, if you're if you've got a brain the size of a planet and you can do programming, then technology is the sector for you. Whereas actually in the same way as if you work in the retail industry, that doesn't mean that you need to know how how to fill a can of beans or how a factory works. Um, it's just you know there's there's so many aspects to to the retail sector or the finance sector and and I think this is where technology almost blurs the boundaries between the sectors because it underpins every sector doesn't it yeah completely I mean I I genuinely see it tech in all of my life not just my work life but my you know my home life as well as being an enabler for time that's how I see it. So I want tech to save time for me. So I've got more time to do more interesting things. Um, and those interesting things are generally probably far more you know, creative or just having time you know, with the family, or whatever that is. But it's about enabling something, something that I would regard as a little bit dull, a little bit repetitive, you know, task orientated to make that easier and not so impactful on, on the the amount of time I've got in my you know my week with kids working full time um and then trying to have my own time I mean I've kind of forgotten over the years what that is um, but it's that it is that elusive nirvana state of surely there might be an hour this week that's Alex time um and I seek that through I say being as efficient as possible with areas of my life that I say just really are not going to get me the most excited. Um, so being able to stay on top of the news or emails just with having my iPad closed down and it's a quick glance through. I mean, I, I think, God, when I got my first iPad, which actually wasn't that long ago, um, but that changed my world overnight. Suddenly mm. I was far more connected and on top of information rather than having to go and you know plug the laptop in and, and and sit down and take that time um and i'm doing that on the fly i'm you know hanging washing out whilst you know catching up on the news and doing all those other these elements of activity that we all end up having to do on our weekends but actually being able to be really efficient and, and multi i guess skilling my time to then go right i've now got time to go for a run or you know take the kids somewhere or you know I don't know, even cook, which is unheard of, quite frankly, in my house. Um, but, you know, that, that for me is, is the excitement of tech. Um, so I think it's wonderful when you see tech helping people, helping people in their lives. And everyone's got a different need. You know, my need is for efficiency. Mm. Take some of the, you know, the, the humdrum away through some tech enabling devices and software 
um, and I because I want some time. And for other people, it's you know it's far more um, it's far more impactful, perhaps for their you know, their mental health uh, and their physical health. Um, one of the things I've um, before we go on to mental yes. health, can, let me let me share with you my thoughts around the time thing because what what comes up for me is there's there's a real dichotomy there of a desire mm. to use the technology to free up time. But in freeing up time, we then fill it with more stuff. That's true. And and so so the desire is to use the technology to free up more time to have human relationships with our families, our friends, to have more leisure time. And yet in the process, we become more, more hyper connected and therefore we fill our time with more technology, with more information, with more stuff. And and my sense from that is that that it's that dichotomy that is driving this incessant growing pace of change that at some point well I mean it, it did break really with with the pandemic to a point but not not completely well you know how how do we how do we as human beings have a and I know this is a big question but how do we as human beings have a relationship with technology in a way that is more conscious of how we use it so that it does actually fulfill that need rather than just unconsciously then cramming that time with more stuff gosh and that is a big question Jude. so i'm gonna have a crack at it so um it's yeah i I don't know how i feel even about the question because um you know i guess the other question is does it matter to be conscious or unconscious if it's doing if it's giving me or other people a benefit and the benefit that they seek, we're all unique, we're all individuals, we've got different lives and issues that are going on in our lives. Um, and abs- you're absolutely right. I mean, COVID, what an interesting journey this year um, to being in the office, all the kind of the, the normal tech around us, coming home, having to kind of enable ourselves differently with tech. And then actually with having you know, the kids at home as well and being kind of locked down and having the weekends kind of more inside, suddenly who knew jigsaws were still there? So, you know, all these kind of old fashioned and I played more games of Cluedo and Monopoly than I quite frankly ever wish to get back to. Um, but there are, you know, all these beautiful, you know, kind of old school, wonderful um, you know, things came back out into our lives this year and made us slow down a bit. Um, whether that makes me think um, in some way I'm more conscious of the, of the tech and when um, actually you're bored of the tech. So, you know, my kids would very quickly get bored of computer games and actually they, they were craving um, that family time. Let's go and play Cluedo again, mum. Oh my God, no. Um, but that that was such an interesting journey to see of kids that normally it's TV or computer games. No, 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 no. They did not want that at all. They they were fed up with it and they wanted a break. They couldn't. I, I think um, consciously, I guess, explain what that was. Mm. And I don't think I can. But that was a very natural thing that I've seen this year. Um, for me, it's been about actually having time to just switch off because I found we've been far more switched on through COVID and lockdown being at home it's you know the computer's always on it feels like it's longer days and you've got to really fight 
back in a way for your mental health and your time. And you've got to be really strict with yourself and with others. Um, and I found that quite a, it's again, a, a kind of an interesting um, dilemma of, we used to always, you know, the big conversations about more flexible working were always about work-life balance. Well, in a way, this is far more flexible being at home and, and being able to work in this manner. I certainly don't think that's had a positive impact on part of my work-life balance at all. Mm. So, um, so, so tech, tech kind of fights back. <laughs> it kind of, I think it's, uh, I say the, the humanity fought back for a point with, uh, I say, jigsaws and Cluedo, and then tech fights back equally to still be there. It's ever present around. It makes you connected. And it's that connectivity that um, it, it grabs you. And that's where, once again, the kind of humanity has to fight back and go, I'm going to make an active decision to say no, to turn you off, to disconnect. And I was laughing, in fact, the other night because I've got one of these um, uh, iPhone watches, the iWatches at the moment. And because I've connected everything, and I don't know how I've done it, it's just been by pressing buttons and saying yes to everything. I started getting um, like, you know, like an electric shock when another message comes through. Because someone was updating something on our team site and they were making you know, more and more messages, I had like an hour of what felt like electric shocks <laughs> pass through to my arm. I thought I've got to take my watch off in order to disconnect myself from what is going on 300 miles away by someone messaging, but not even to me directly. I mean, that, that's crazy territory. It is, isn't it? And there's a, and and what you're speaking to is that that continuous tension that I think we now have between humanity and technology, and which one is drawing our attention for for connection? Is it is it technological connection, or is it connection with family, with your children, with your friends, with you know, with a walk in nature, or out on a bike ride, or running, or whatever it is that people like like to do in their and they switch off from the technology and there's there's this continuous tension between one pulls us one way and then one pulls us another way um i just want to bring us on to because you, you were starting to talk about mental health what, what are your thoughts around technology and and mental health does it, does so, it help us does it hinder us is it both well I, I think it can be both um i'm i'm a very positive person so i like to see how do we how do we find technology that supports and helps and doesn't hinder? I think, once again, coming back to, I guess, the events of this year with COVID, um, you know, we've, we've seen firsthand and we've all experienced firsthand the direct impact that that's had to our own mental health. So, you know, I believe mental health is uh, kind of a, a spectrum and I've got good and bad days and I've got all the bits in the middle. Mm. And um, different things will have impacted me and how I'm feeling. And I'm still connected onto video calls and people can see. And so that there's, a, there's a benefit in the visibility of some of that technology, the Zooms, the team calls, where actually you're still connected in a way that you can be visible. And it's been even with one to ones that I've had with my team and other people in our company you can still see a reaction. You can still see that body language. So there's an enabler there which allows you to be still connected and visibly connected, which I think has been really helpful. Um, but we've seen people you know, really struggling with having so much 
um, you know, time in one location, not having that community spirit, which there's only so much community spirit that I think you can create on these, you know, wider Zoom and team calls. So, you know, the call out some people say, I just need to you know, go back in the office just to see a couple of people mm. one day a week it will make all the difference to me. And I really understand that I get that. Mm. And I think the future for me that I seen with some tech with men very focused on mental health is you've got things like i think we have things like the thrive app and there's loads of apps out there which people can use to help them start their own conversation around their mental health helps kind of self-diagnose how am i feeling at this moment and then understand whether they need to reach out to people are they at that point where that's the next necessary and really helpful step so i think those types of apps i think are really helpful but they, once again, they keep you connected into tech. And what I want to see, I guess, for the future of tech and mental health is something that works with um, us as employers as well. And part of that is also then, I think, the employment contract that we have to understand with a different view of, um, of mental health and say, you know, I want to contract with a company that, that understands that I'm going to have good and bad days and bits in the middle and on my bad days, they're going to understand today's not the day for creativity. Today's not the day for me to make really bold and important decisions. I need a moment. But on my good days, you'll get that three, fourfold. Mm. And having the balance and having technology, which helps employers understand how to find that balance on looking at output over a period of time rather than focused on are you at your you know, laptop nine to five? Are you there, you know, just taking your 60 minute lunch? You know, we want we need society to continue to move away from those traditional ways of looking at um, working. And I think tech can really be an enabler for that. Uh, but I'm yet to see the really good um, developments in that really be able to take hold, because I think that's where employers will struggle without the technology to support partly that trust but also that identification of you know far more information around what mental health is to people and the impact yeah and and with that what what comes up for me is there's this there's a joint responsibility isn't there for for our mental health in terms of the the employer has an has a responsibility for the mental health of their employees and in the same way as that they have a responsibility for physical health. So it's about setting up workplaces and with that cultures that are conducive to positive mental and physical health. Um, and, you know, and this is a this is a big beef of mine. I always say well-being is a leadership issue because it's no good having a, a bullying culture and then providing all the sticking plaster with, you know, here's a will give you all the training on how to sleep better and how to eat well and exercise if you've got a bullying boss it's just yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not really going to help and so there's there is that there is that again that tension and and joint responsibility between the employer creating the environment and the culture and therefore the leadership um and workloads because workloads have a massive impact on our on our mental health um to to make sure that the environment and culture is is sustainable for employees but also a responsibility for the employees to know when to switch off and when to say actually i've done enough because i you know i yeah. know that i'm somebody that i could just keep going and 
And I, I will quite often, uh, if I, I'm somebody that I don't do things in bite-sized pieces, so I tend to get stuck into a project and I will not move for five hours, which is really unhealthy. <laughs> and so I have to catch myself and, and create structures that remind me, you know, stop, pause, Jude. This is a good time to just get up and move. And, and like you, I have a, um, an Apple Watch and that, that helps remind me to keep moving every hour at least. But it, but it is that joint responsibility, isn't it, of how do we then use the technology to support that, but also recognise that part of supporting that is the disconnection from the technology as well. So we're back to that tension of the relationship again, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And I completely agree with you in terms of that joint responsibility. Um, and you know, I'll say the same thing again this year. I mean, there's two aspects that have happened, two major things in our world that have happened this year, COVID and also the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think those, um, those two uh, powerful and emotionally charged um, events of this year have been really interesting for employers to take a moment and consider their culture and consider what the future that they can now take hold of using the learning really what is a few short months and I've never seen in my 25 year career so far I've never seen such an acceleration in conversation and thoughtfulness and genuine care, actually, and a little bit of fear of not knowing how or what to do. But I've never seen such an accelerated conversation around people and caring about how do we support them? What is our culture? What is our culture now that we've had these last few months of people working from home in a more flexible way? We've cared far more, been far more considerate and open and vocal about mental health. And that for me in our journey has built huge trust through transparency of conversation, through an openness of, um, you know, we're learning at the same time, that um, that is having a wonderful impact now on our continued conversations around diversity inclusion as well as mental health and actually you find that some of the you know the the many um uh, consequences of the issues with diversity and you see with mental health issues so suddenly we're making connections that we haven't done before and able to bring those two together to say once again what is our responsibility how do we move forward and of course with diversity and inclusion it's also changing and it's probably more kind of, it's either creating a bit more of that reverse mentoring opportunity, which I think, once again, is so helpful also with the evolution of tech in that, you know, who am I necessarily to lead on diverse, diversity and inclusion? Surely I need uh, to be surrounded by all people representative of all of our, our um, areas of, um, you know, underrepresentation in our communities. And it is for them to lead, it's for them to, to explain this is impact, this is the feeling, this is the, these are the trust issues, this is what we see. And that enables us to continue to have, once again, this incredible accelerated different conversation about how do we go forward and how we go forward uh, as a business 
um, is around how do we work together? How are our communities important to each other? And I do always come back to communities of people because you know, we have two and a half thousand people in our business. We're a big community. We have loads of you know, sub-communities within our company, whether that by you know, department, function, you know, whatever that, that be. But that's what stands out. That's what comes first. And then the consideration of how tech supports that culture change and conversation is a secondary piece. It is the enabler, but the ideas, the thoughts, the emotions are the things, these emotional connections are the things that lead the conversation and the, um, you know, the view of how do we go forward? And I find that to be, once again, the, the, the reason I've always had my career in human resources, I love the impact that people have on developing tech and developing culture and the evolution, quite frankly, of you know, humanity through us as individuals and through that then growing as a collective and in what, you know, what impacts us. So, um, you know, I, I just find it an incredibly powerful thing. People are so powerful. Each individual is so powerful in this conversation. Um, but that's, you know, that's how I see the continued future is a continued acceleration of that discussion, which is wonderful. It is wonderful, and you know, what what um, what's coming up for me with with that is around the whole idea of bringing communities together, um, and either because of because they share a difference, and they might be on the on the edge of the the majority, whatever that difference is, whether it is race or gender or or even just what people think or like or you know, people who like a particular type of cheese can connect all over the world through an app. Um, or, you know, there's there's almost no limit to the way that we can create community or, you know, somebody who likes a particular type of car or something, we can create, we can create those communities. I guess we also need to be careful that we don't create further polarisation by creating those communities, don't we? That That we don't then create disparate communities rather than um, collaborative communities that that have those differences within them and where all yeah. of those voices are included. How, how do you think we can use technology to, to improve that? So, I mean, so I guess I start with, uh, I totally um, agree, the concern is yes, as we focus on different communities, that can feel um, that can feel isolating sometimes. Actually, even though that's not necessarily the you know the, the purpose and the approach, but I think that's why allyship I think is the the term that's now um, you know uh, being used mm. in it, our appreciation. So I see tech as an enabler for education and actually creating collaboration through. Um, really supporting how do we create that opportunity for allyship so how do we understand how do we become educated how do we celebrate together so tech is a wonderful way to bring people kind of virtually together um, in a way that you know physical can't do because of just you know, how do you bring millions and millions of people together physically that's impossible mm. but actually through a virtual means it's exactly possible 
you can connect the whole world in an instant and that's frightening and exciting at the same time but that's where continued it is that um, the relationship between human and tech human needs to inform the tech human has to educate the tech build the tech to support those collaborative means Um, and that's the that's going to always be the connection and that's why tech is also so beautiful because it's ours (laughs) humanity owns it we've but these people, our people have built it and we build it for what we want it to do and how we want it to bring people together. So even just in the, you know, the very normal business tech that we use, such as, you know, as I say, you know, Zoom and Microsoft Teams and you know, all these other you know, collaborative um, uh, tech that we use just in our day-to-day business, um, that is a means to bring people together to enable then humanity to then, in a way, be part of that. So it is an enabler in that way. Um, and it's an education, isn't it? Because if you if you look at the Black Lives Matter movement, it was it was through social media that the awareness has grown, and that there has become a global recognition of the need to have allyship, the need to do something, the need for every business to take it serious and for every person in every community to take it seriously and and we're having a conversation that a year ago we weren't we weren't having around around black lives and and I think that's that's a great example isn't it of where you know social media for all its criticisms and it does get criticized a lot at the moment because it does create polarization as well um, but actually what where, where you're taking me is the hope that as long as we're having conversation and as long as we're creating space for all of the voices, that it's okay if we don't agree on everything because at least we're moving forward with the conversation and technology is enabling that to happen. I completely agree, completely agree. And I guess it would be, although I think our our conversation has been so, I guess, interesting and so, so huge, but it's right to then also take the, as you know, so many businesses out there, how do they also start that journey? And using tech in a, um, in a very, very strategic way is an enabler for every business to go on that same journey that, that we're going on as advance. And it takes you back to even just, you know, um, one of the things that we learned this year was data. You know, data is an integral part of uh, informing that education. Well, how do you get good data, and especially when you know it's large, expansive data? So even things, you know, and I, you know, I speak from, I guess, the, the heart of, um, of human resources here, having an HCM tool, and we're lucky that we have our own um, uh, cloud HR tool. One, it's cloud. So that's a really important thing. And I've got to say that that's been the enabler for you can be anywhere at any time and be able to connect. Mm. That's a really vital aspect to it. But equally, we're creating workflows in there to ask people voluntarily to give us their diversity characteristic data. So we've built trust through humanity, through our connections, through building that culture. And then we've used tech to say, continue to trust us to use this tech for good. By giving us your data, we can now work through analysis to ensure that, coming back to, I think, something you said right at the very beginning about conscious or unconscious, 
we can see whether there's unconscious bias back in any operational processes that actually work entirely against our principles as an employer that we hadn't seen, we hadn't identified. So it's for all of us in business as well to be using tech in a very direct way, data focused, because with data, you can do the analytics and run those analytics to identify and uncover things that you just can't see on face value, you can't see out there. And so that is, um, you know, that's a really important foundation for this greater conversation. Um, and I really encourage all businesses that, you know, where they're not considering, um, you know, data in that way to really analyze and pivot and take that to look at your operational processes to consider actually, have you achieved your values and your goals as a business um, in every single aspect? And I'll say, you know, diversity and also, uh, you know, with respect to mental health impact and how we care about people and how we help them deal with the now, the very present COVID and how we help them consider the future. You need data to do that. And that, once again, tech is the enabler for efficient gathering of data, which then say our human brains then seek to understand and to analyze, but you have to marry the two. And that is the, you know, that is the very much the, the power uh, and the excitement that I have in marrying those two together to create that insight, but then those future conversations that we need to have. Alex, thank you so much for your time. It's been fantastic to talk to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I loved Alex's enthusiasm for both people and technology. She repeatedly talked about technology being an enabler for humanity and that technology can enable conversations that might not have happened, like Black Lives Matter. She's an also an advocate for how we use data to enable us to make decisions about things like unconscious bias and mental health, and that ultimately that data then enables us to care for people better. How can you use technology as an enabler in your business to care for people? That's it for this week. You've been listening to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech Week. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I hope you've been as inspired by this week's guest as I have. If you'd like to know more about how I help leaders and teams be more human in a world of technology, you may be surprised to discover I do it by working in a field with a herd of horses. Sound crazy? All innovation's crazy in the beginning. So if you like to think outside of the box and get rapid results, you can find out more at www.judejennison.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the exciting technology scene in Birmingham, hop onto the Birmingham Tech website at www.birminghamtechweek.com. Until next time, that's it from me, Jude Jennison, the official podcast partner for Birmingham Tech. <laughs>